Hello and welcome to the Perth to Paisley podcast, the podcast entirely dedicated to Heart of Midlothian. I am one of your hosts, Daniel. I am joined, as always, by Adam. Adam, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, mate. How are you? I'm very well, especially because we've got so much to talk about this week. Again, after saying the podcast won't be weekly, it's now weekly again. Let's just be honest. The continuous circus that is Scottish football means that we've got everything weekly. Uh, and as usual, we bit of admin to get out of the way first. You may have seen on our Twitter account that we are going to be sitting down with Andy Driver, which is amazing. It's huge. Thank you very much, Andy, for sitting down with us. It was going to be this weekend, but then plans just changed. Andy's a very busy man. So it's been pushed back a week. So if you have any questions you wish to ask him, please go to the Twitter account at Perth to Paisley. There is a tweet there where you can leave any and all questions and we will try and get as many of them answered. Second point, Google Podcasts has still been a nightmare. We're trying to get it there. But you can still get us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it now. Please go on, leave us a review. It really helps with the algorithms. If you leave us a five-star review, it's the best thing in the world. We'd really appreciate it. That's all the admin from me. However, Adam in the turn up for the books has some admin of himself, don't you? I do. Um, no, of course. It's just to say that obviously we're recording this on a Monday evening um, and I'm delighted that that's the case for two reasons. Firstly, obviously as it's a Monday, I've been working this morning, meaning I wasn't out the night before. So that's always a bonus. <laughs> I, I feel a bit fresher, hopefully not as error prone. Um and secondly, because we basically had a, a discussion between ourselves and that hearts don't tend to announce anything on the weekends, so it makes us look like geniuses if we wait till the Monday evening because stuff might have been announced in the afternoon, which obviously today, as we're recording, has done, so obviously we'll get into that later on, but yeah, I, th- I think we're going to opt from a Sunday to a Monday. It tended to be the Sundays, Sunday evenings, but... I think uh, Mondays are the way to fly at the minute. Definitely, because so it won't really change for you guys. Instead of getting it at 5pm on a Monday, you'll get it at 5pm on a Tuesday. And it will just hopefully mean that the content you're getting is the most up-to-date we possibly can. The only way we could give you the most up-to-date is if we're going to be doing daily podcasts, which we can't do. So hopefully you're all happy with this. That is the admin out of the way. So we'll get started with a story that I don't think either of us or any Hearts fan expected to be speaking about because for the first time in I'd probably say a year Hearts fans were in quite a good mood we were getting rid of players that we felt were unnecessary, we were being linked with players we had been breaking records for season tickets and everybody was kind of getting back into oh, Hearts, we're back to being a football club again, not a legal division and In the background, obviously, we have what's happening with, we spoke about last week with the Aberdeen situation, and again, speaking about how we've moved the day, the next day, Bolly Bolognoli, it turned out, went to Spain for a day, and that was a whole big thing, but it then came out midweek that despite training for 11 days, Heart of Midlothian Football Club have been forced to stop training until at least at least, which is the very important term in there, the 24th of August. Adam, can I get your, what your initial reaction was at the time? My initial reaction was probably that it's just, 
the latest embarrassment in a long line of fuck ups. Um, I mean, it just it's it's just it's incredibly infuriating because the most annoying thing is is that this is anyone but our own doing. Um, obviously, we get demoted to the second tier. It's a supposed unnatural occurrence, and yet when we're in that division, and obviously still in the semi-finals of a cup that technically speaking is last season still to be played we aren't even allowed to prepare for either of the competitions that we're going to be playing in um but i think the thing that that really wound people up aside from this obviously being aberdeen and celtics doing primarily is the fact that english teams can come on up to use the orium um because that's that's the key frustration i mean i know that we'd have obviously had friendlies planned or whatever, but the fact that they've been put on the back burner is just incredibly infuriating. Um, certainly from a fan's perspective. So I can only imagine what it must be like for Robbie, the staff, uh, the players, and what have you. So, and let's be honest. I mean, the cup. Obviously, that's that's only going ahead because of the SFA and the SPFL see it as a great opportunity for Celtic to complete their quadruple treble. Um, but, yeah, so obviously the, the photo went out with Hull training at the Orion, which was just a total wind-up, to be honest. Um, and allegedly Millwall are, are meant to be training there too, aren't they? Yes, they are. Um, so, listen, I, I hope they get some great sessions in whilst they're up here, because obviously we certainly can't. Um, that really is just sporting integrity at its finest, isn't it? Well, this is the thing. So the JRG um, released a statement, and I think a lot of people just kind of reacted like they have been reacting every time the JRG has reported the statement. They've kind of just been like, all right, okay, cool. It's an update that some people will read who are into it or involved, and we'll move on. But then it started getting around that actually this has got big ramifications. And it then turned out that ramification was that Hart and Midlothian are the only club punished by this. Now, of course, we've seen in the last 48 hours that Celtic and Aberdeen themselves have been sanctioned and handed um, kind of disciplinary measures by the SFA and the SPFL in regards to their players breaking COVID-19 regulations. However, in terms of football, Hearts have been the only club punished, as, which we'll now move into, it started up the discussion from many misinformed people i don't want to say people who were attempting to ridicule hearts further because i had some conversations with people on twitter who had one view i explained it to them and they went oh i didn't actually understand that because the prevailing view from clubs fans of clubs out with this league primarily the top division was that well why were hearts playing anyway that as you hinted at gives an unfair advantage and where's the sporting integrity in that and Robbie said it himself, and Stephen Naismith on Sports Scene on Saturday Night said it himself. Every club in the Championship, and I believe League One and League Two as well, were offered to start training from August the 3rd. Every single club was given it. However, we were the only club that took it up as we can afford to do that. That's just the situation you're in. You wanted us down here. We can afford to be training as soon as we can. So as a result, we started training. A lot of people said, why are Hearts complaining that this training's getting stopped? It's not fair to the other teams. Well, it is. You can't say, we're not going to train, then get annoyed at the club that is training. I mean, it's just, I, I don't know what they expect us to do. 
Do they just want us to to wait around in the hope that we see it as being kind of a fairer playing field for other clubs in the championship? I mean, do they expect us to kind of just have let Hibs have every single advantage heading into the cup semi-final as well? It's just it's just totally totally baffling. But then it's, it comes as no real surprise because lo and behold, what are we? We've played what four games of the Premiership season already, and the league still doesn't even have a sponsor. So never mind all this other shenanigans. It's just a total farce. It's embarrassing at this point. Well, every Hearts fan, I feel like, is in the same boat. We've made our opinions clear. We'll hopefully get back to training on the 24th. We all hope that that is the date that we can come back, as from what we saw in that first week of kind of training videos, the training seemed to be going really well. Everybody seemed to be enjoying it. But we will now move on in terms of the players that were training, some of them are no longer here. Um, as I said in the intro of last week that I had to edit in, it was announced literally the af- the morning after we recorded our podcast that the first player this week had left. It was Callum Morrison. Overall, what do you think about Callum Morrison leaving? Are you happy with that? Do you wish he'd stayed? What are your thoughts? Um, it's it's a bit of a tricky one to be honest. I thought that I thought that Morrison initially looked a really bright prospect. Um, I think at the start of the eighteen nineteen season, we hadn't really recruited. I know we obviously had that mass overhaul as hearts tend to do but i don't think we had anybody in particular that came in on the right so it seemed like he'd get a decent run of games um and to be honest i guess it's easy to say that when hearts are winning that he obviously fitted into the team and what have you but i think as our form faltered ultimately his did as well um and i kind of really expected him to to kick on whilst he was on loan at east fife um, but I think he's only played a handful of games. Um, he pl- he played six games for East Fife. Six games. Um, I mean, we're saying all this, but he's still younger than me. He's, I mean, he's only 21, so he's got bags of time to turn it around. Um, I think that Falkirk's a great move for him, to be honest. A big club for the third tier. Um, and obviously there's that pressure in that they're expected to compete for promotion. I hope that they and Thistle do actually both get promoted. Um two clubs that obviously got it tight during COVID as well funnily enough but I, I was a bit miffed by the one year deal that seems a bit bizarre but I guess they're looking at it from the perspective and that if he performs in this year the option for the seconds obviously there and they'll probably um, you know take that up so fingers crossed he impresses and uh, and good luck to young young Cal what's your thoughts? Well he played 42 games for Hearts he got one goal it was against St Johnston. It was a 2-0 win, I believe. Marcus Godinho got the first one. Remember him? Um, he also got three assists. And I think that's the big sticking point for me. 42 games and three assists from a wide player. He's the only player I can remember who crosses the ball without looking up. He hits the byline really well. I always thought he was really good getting past people one-on-one and he'd get in that byline you'd be like right just look up at where the players are but he would just keep looking at the ball and then just swing his right foot at it and I feel that was his one downside Um, I feel it was a bit unfair for him to be thrown into the team when he did I feel like 
we should have had better in front of him and we didn't so a lot of pressure was put on these as you mentioned incredibly young shoulders like to have played 42 games for a club the size of hearts by his age is very commendable um i i do agree the one year deal is a bit weird but i guess it's as you say an inclination for him to really kick on do well and get a deal next season um I, I wish him all the best. Uh, I used to when I used to work in Sterling McDonald's. I used to serve him. So that's a wee bit of facts for you there. It's necessary information. I mean, now it now is. he's now he's going to be gone to become a sensation at Falkirk because it's that, absolutely crucial. That Sterling McDonald's is obviously a nearby trip, so you'll be back at the old stomping ground, buying his Big Macs or whatever he ordered, and yeah, cracking on. Absolutely. Well, he wasn't the only person out the door as the next player to follow him was a player that we actually spoke about last podcast that we assumed the, the move had faltered due to the ongoing discussion with the EFL that Charlton are embroiled in. However, yes, Connor Washington has left to go to Charlton. Um, I gave you your chance to speak about Morrison first, so I'll speak about Washington first. Uh, played 22 games for Hearts, four goals, three assists. Of course, injury marred his time with us as he got injured against Motherwell, chasing a lost ball where his hamstring just kind of went. I w- I said this in my tweet about him. I've very rarely in the last few years seen such an intelligent football player. It was always really interesting to watch Connor Washington play, especially when the rest of the team is so rubbish. And he was just like, I'm not watching the whole game, I'm just going to watch him. The way he could read a game was really interesting. I just feel that there was definitely a player there. You could see it, especially. He managed to kind of find his form in the last few games where he got back-to-back goals against Hibs and Motherwell at home. And I feel bad for him because I feel that he would play best in a counter-attacking system where he's playing off the shoulder of defenders and running onto long balls. Whereas when you're at a club like Hearts, we are meant to be the team that dominates games. So teams sit in and don't allow you to do that. So as a result, in a possession-based system, he didn't really naturally fit into it. Um, again, wish him all the best. I think he will do well at Charlton. It's more, and I think they'll play more his style. But and again, it's another uh, team that we get a fee from, which is big. And the discussion that we'll kind of move on to with other players as well. We imagine it's freed up a lot of wages, which will help. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'd, I'd go along with that. Um, I'm gutted to see Big Denzel go, to be honest. I, I really thought that he was going to be the answer up front. But like you say, we touched on it last week. We've not really had a substantial return. Um, you you obviously said four goals last season, three of which obviously came in the league. So, And even then, back-to-back, what does that leave for the rest of the season? Of course, you touched on his injuries, but I think... I definitely expected a lot more from a striker who we signed off the back of their club being promoted to the Premier League. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, it's it's a bit of a funny one because I can recall when Joe Rebo signed for Rangers, Lee Boyer was miffed as to why he came up to Scotland and not to a Premier League club. Mm-hmm. And yet, here Lee Boyer is recruiting from Scotland, which seems a bit... That's a fair point, actually. It doesn't add up to me. Um, but obviously, you've touched on it. We make a profit on the guy. He was pretty injury-prone because he missed a good chunk of his heart's career, and that's obviously why we didn't get the best out of him. But, yeah, I mean, good luck to the wash. Obviously, signed him on a free. 
still managed to score at Easter Road. What a night that was! Um, and obviously we've we've sold him on. So again, it's the same as Morrison in that he's joining a club that should be competing for promotion. Um, so yeah, good good luck to him and. Hopefully he and Charlton get promoted. Not that I'd like to see that for Lee Boyer, but I'd like to see it for him. And then we'll finally move on to the final out that, as a player, has more appearances than both men combined almost. Uh, just one behind the two of them. Uche Pezu, two hours ago, has confirmed his move to Championship side Wickham Wanderers. Newly promoted to Championship side Wickham Wanderers. Um, what are your thoughts? Big Uche's left. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one. Um... It's kind of a case of Morrison and Washington combined for me because it's going back to when young Morrison was in the team. Our form was great at the start of that season, obviously, in the league, and Bigucci looked a real handful. Um, I thought particularly in the, the League Cup games, but then obviously he was playing against lower league opposition, so we shouldn't really have got too carried away. Um, but it was definitely the Celtic game and his assist for Kyle Lafferty where it seemed like he'd arrived and he'd burst onto the scene. Um, but it's sort of strange to pinpoint a, a particular a particular point where his decline took place. It, it's. I think I know where it is. Go for it. What, what do you think? When he got injured. You think but, up to then it was just plain sailing? I think it was all right up to then. It was like it, that game came as his 12th game as a Hearts player. Um and in primarily, I remember those first eight games being really important. But then that came a big injury, and when he came back, he never seemed quite at the same level. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, obviously, again, he's another managed to grab. Well, he grabbed a couple against Tibbs at Easter Road, um, which was pleasing. That's that's something at least. But do you know what? Do you know what annoys me with these departures is the fact that the fees remain undisclosed. Have we even got a fee for Uchi? Well, th- this is this is what I'm kind of getting at. So I, I saw somebody on Twitter say that chances are it's probably the buying club that wants this in place because then there's kind of less pr- pressure on the player that they've signed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just curious to know what kind of dough we get because I, if we keep it undisclosed as the selling club, surely it can't be a lot. Um, so that's a bit concerning, but I guess we'll never know. Uh, he, Uchi... A good Hibs mate of mine actually works at Nando's at Fountain Park, mm-hmm. and he and Uchi became quite pally over it. You were all obviously talking about you and Morrison earlier on, <laughs> so Uchi would recognise my Ro- my pal Ross on um, on like nights out and stuff like that. He'd like come up to him and whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Uchi, I think initially was a great help, but later on in his heart's career became a bit of a hindrance. Um, and when he was effective, there was something to be gained from watching him because there wasn't that many, if any, better target men in the league. Um, mm-hmm. But then saying that, when he, he wasn't as effective, it was incredibly frustrating to watch. Um, but again, touched on it with Washington. We make a profit on a not-too-prolific goal scorer. And uh, yeah, good good luck to him down there. I see lots of folk on Twitter saying that he and Adi Akinfenwa will become strike partners. Surely that can't be the case. Yeah, I want it to be the case just for the image. Because imagine being the centre-halves having to deal with him. 
I know, but uh, Wickham seemed a near enough certain bet to be relegated. Um, that doesn't matter. I don't mean I don't mean to sound harsh, but you need you need a prolific marksman in that league. Um, and I can't see Uche, who's been given the number nine. I saw that, mm-hmm. and Big Addy getting close to those numbers. Because I look at Luton, and everybody had written them off, but even like James Collins, Hearts hero um, for his spell at Hibs. Luton were kind of able to hang their hat on him and he ended up getting over double figures in the league I think it was about 14 mm-hmm. or 15 or something like that so I can't see either Uchi or Big Akin Fenwa getting close to those numbers um, if they're if they're up front together but hopefully they prove me wrong and uh, all the best to the big man thank you very much for your efforts and thanks for the goals against the wee team that was pleasing well that's the thing 55 games for Hearts 10 goals 9 assists um, of those 55 games, 37 were in the league and four goals from 37. Eight assists, but as you say, not exactly the best return. Uh, as I mentioned, just those first eight games where we played Aberdeen, Celtic and Hibs, I think were one of them, and it was just like he just would take away four guys and still get past them. Both his goals at Easter Road were basically carbon copies of each other where he had just Ryan Porteous on his wrist basically, and just completely out-muscled him and put him in the bottom corner. Um, Uche did release a statement, which I'll read just now, saying, I just want to th- say a big thank you to Hart Midlothian, especially Craig Levine and Ann Budge, who gave me the opportunity to come and represent such a massive club, and I will be forever grateful for that. I also want to thank the fans, staff, my teammates, and everyone connected to the football club. I have some amazing memories, particularly scoring against the Wii team twice. I genuinely wish the club the very best, and I know they're in safe hands with the gaffer, Robbie Nielsen, as he's the right man to get the club back to exactly where it belongs. Thanks again, Uche. And I think, whilst, yeah, everybody's got to say, he wasn't he didn't do what we wanted him to do or what we needed him to do. But when you get that, he clearly got the club. I don't think anyone could ever say he didn't try. And as you say, I really, really hope he does well. Um, so we will move on now to some ins because we've actually brought some people in for the first time of us being back. We'll start, however, with non-playing staff, because there's actually, surprisingly, been quite a few of them. The first one we'll start with is a is an interesting one that, again, only got confirmed two hours before we came on air. Hart Midlothian is delighted to announce the appointment of Andrew McKinley as its new CEO. What was your reaction when you read this news? My initial reaction was... Can he play left back? <laughs> I saw lots of responses saying, this doesn't look like a striker or <laughs> a left back or whatever. Um, I guess he's just there to, to aid Robbie in securing some signatures, really, isn't he? Um, well, no, really. That's no his well, job. Wait a not, minute. You know what no I mean? Job. Like, he'll negotiate and what have you. No, he went. No? Th- that's no his job. How not? Is that not what a chief so, exec does? No, no in a football club. How not? Have I got this wrong? <laughs> yeah. So So what does a chief exec do then? So his Aaron Hickey last week. No, I, I, <laughs> listen, I, 
I'm a working class football fan. I don't have the foggiest as to what a chief exec does. So am I. But I read the statement. Yeah, but you're intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) So what he does is basically, and Budge currently, currently for the last five or six years now, the entire time she's been here, she's been working as the CEO and the chairman. Or the chairwoman, I should say. Basically... Andrew McKinley has come in to take the CEO, which is kind of the day-to-day run of the club. So he is, as it says, Andrew will take overall responsibility for the club's day-to-day operations. Uh, He will, uh, I want to get to the point where it's it's like, um, I will continue as my role as chairman because my work here is far from over. However, rather than continuing to juggle the demands of day-to-day operations with the longer-term strategic strategic planning decisions so essential to our future success, I will be focused on the latter. So, basically, he'll make sure the club keeps ticking over day-to-day, whereas Anne is focusing on the bigger future progress to the club, basically in terms of transitioning through the foundation and stuff like that. It's the busybody work, basically. Okay. Thanks very much for clearing that up. Um, it's all right. <laughs> I mean, show us how much I know. I, I don't really... This sounds terrible. I don't really care. It seems, it seems, like, it seems like he knows what he's doing. Budge is an intelligent uh, businesswoman. She's obviously appointed him. Yeah, great, fantastic. Just secure it some is... signatures, please. That's all I it... ask. I don't, I don't, I care more about the playing squad on the park than anything going on in the background. And we've been, let's be careful. We've been robbed of last season. The very mm-hmm. least that these folk can do is get us back to where we belong and put a decent 11 out on the park each week well this is the thing the interesting nugget that a lot of people have taken from it is that he is the former sfa coo which is interesting in terms of what we've been dealing with recently however as you said she's a very intelligent businesswoman clearly it's the guy uh, that she wants and she's wanted she's interviewed Many people, as she said in her own personal statement, so hopefully kicks on. Uh, it just helps the structure in the club in a more stable basis. But as we said, he's not the only new person we've brought in, and he's not the only new staff member we've brought in. But this is—I think you'll have a better understanding of the two that have been what, brought in. What this that you didn't ken anything so far. So we'll see if you know what an assistant manager does. However. As I've just hinted at there, Robbie Nielsen brought in his Dundee United coaching staff, Lee McCulloch and Gordon Forrest. They have been brought in as his assistants. We will move on to them in a quick second, but just very briefly, it has meant that Liam Fox is leaving the club and Andy Kirk has been offered a role within the women's team. We don't know what that is yet or if he's even going to be taking it, but we'll see about that. How do you feel about Liam leaving briefly and Andy hopefully staying with the club? Um, hopefully Liam Fox can can get another managerial job because I know that he was obviously previously at Cowden Beath and what have you, and it's it's not mm-hmm. nice to obviously see coaches lose their jobs. But if if Robbie has chosen Lee McCulloch and Gordon Forrest, then he's obviously chosen them for a reason. Somebody's got to obviously then depart, so it's a shame that Liam Fox has had to do so, and obviously potentially Andy Kirk, but. Yeah, I mean, all the best to Liam Fox. You'll you'll no doubt end up in the in the lower leagues somewhere. So, fingers crossed he's a success there, and he can, I don't know, 
kickstart his coaching career again I basically I'm the exact same reiterate the exact same message hope he does well uh, and I hope Andy Kirk takes up the role within the women's team as I want him to stay in the club however we will focus on Lee McCulloch and Gordon Forrest uh, I'm not sure if you've seen the wee videos that they released of them both but especially and I think to no one's surprise Lee McCulloch is immediately involved um, immediately getting everybody tell it seems he said a quote that I just found hilarious immediately when he was speaking about the ironically fantastic training facilities that we have um, and basically said he was like honestly I'm not just saying this but the the best training facilities probably I've ever worked with so the players won't have that excuse <laughs> that's something at least so what do you think about they two being brought in um, just just happy that they're reunited I suppose um, little play on words there um, well done. Well done. obviously their their last their last project if you will I hate that word but I've had to use it here um, their last project obviously ended in success so I don't see any reason why it can't be again with us I mean it, ugh. Let's be frank. We we should be winning this league, man. Who's it ma- like? What does it matter who we bring in? Really? I love that we're only three episodes back and we're already at this stage where we're having to just be really frank and honest. Be like, our under twelve should be able to at least compete in this league. I mean, really? Like, why are we here? <laughs> Has it finally got to you? No, but it's obviously <laughs> just been kicking about in the in the background, but. See when you see when it actually see when you break it down, and like you've you've looked at the fixtures, like Jesus wept like last weekend. Hamilton Ackies versus St Mirren. Oh, like oh, Ross County versus Dundee United. No thanks. And and we're away we're away at Capilo and Somerset and. All this other shit, like honestly, man, seriously, it actually it, it enrages me. Can I just say, <laughs> as much as this COVID shenanigans has just been going on, I do want to get a little bit more serious. I was really happy to see the Aberdeen players' fines donated to uh, to NHS Grampian. Whoever came up mm-hmm. with that suggestion, I thought that was a really classy gesture. So it doesn't make up for their stupidity. And what a transition that was. And obviously, COVID, COVID is hit and obviously they broke the rules it was daft but it's it's a consolation if any from what we can take from from covid but the rest of it i i don't want to talk about it anymore it just it enrages me well my thoughts on the <laughs> sorry mate. <laughs> sorry if i went off on a little rant there but it, it does it infuriates me that was great i just what i find i find something interesting about this Watching the wee videos, it seems that they're a very good trio because they seem to cover the entire spectrum. There's Gordon Forrest on the complete left-hand side of the spectrum who seems the most chilled-out human being you've ever met in your life. He just seems so calm, nothing faces him, he doesn't seem like he knows how to raise his voice. Then, on the other side, you've got Lee McCulloch... (laughs) who I don't think understands the meaning of the word calm and praise and, like, openness. Big Jig just seems a total screwball, doesn't he? He's, yeah! He seems the type that, if things aren't going your way, 
say you're say you're getting to like forty minutes and you're you're either trailing by a goal or it's still nil nil and you're you've not kind of got to grips with the game. He's he's the type that you look to the last five minutes and a half and you're like shit. I pray we score because he is going to go absolutely through us if we don't. Exactly. He's just a mental case, which is I want to say this and I think you'll agree. We need that now. Definitely, definitely, and like you say. The three of them seem to work in tandem well. It's obviously been proven by United's success, so like I say, it has to be replicated here. There's no reason why it can't be replicated here. And that's the thing, Robbie seems to kind of be the perfect storm of them both, where he can be that calmness, man management, arm round the shoulder of certain players, but if he needs to, he can go through players and get them to help. Robbie and I really like that as a three. Sorry, mate. Robbie seems like he's sort of... Not, I was about to say bipolar, but kind of like a two-face where in the media he's kind of cool, calm, collected. But I bet on the training ground and in the changing room he just is a loose cannon. I bet he's just going through boys. I could totally see that. It's the absolute... It's what you want, really. It's Definitely. You want, you want them to portray a certain image to the media. It's very similar to what you hear Liverpool players say about Klopp. Klopp comes across as this lovely, lovely guy that everybody wants to speak to, everybody wants to have a chat with, but you can tell he cares about football. So as a result, when you interview him after he's lost, he's furious, visibly furious, and you know that that's what those players see a lot more than what we see. I can't believe that you're comparing Robbie to Klopp. I mean, he's only I just am. back in the job. Listen... Look at what he did last time. It's comparable. It's not actually before anybody <laughs> says it. That's a, that's a shed load of abuse getting fired. You I know for that. They're not comparable. Um, I'm not saying that. But it's very interesting that this three work together so well, and we've seen, as you said, that they work together so well. Um, so we do hope they continue that whenever training starts back up and whenever games Obviously. come back delighted that he's got who he needs in and their task is obviously simple we can challenge for trophies all we like but for first and foremost just win promotion and we can kick on from there well one of the players Robbie Lee and Gordon clearly think will help us get promotion is the first signing of the season it is a permanent transfer of Jordan Roberts a player that many Hearts fans if you hear the description of well, I've heard the description of many, many times, but it's a player that we need. It is a direct, attacking, fast winger. What are your thoughts about Jordan Roberts coming in on a two-year deal? As we said last time, we don't want any of these four-year deals thrown around. Did, did you just forget about Craig Gordon in the build-up to that? I could have sworn that you said that Jordan no, Roberts no, no, was no, no, our no. first The season has now started. All right, okay. Nice, nice save. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't worry. I'm... Gordon's in his own class. Oh, exactly. He's upper echelons uh, of exactly. hard signings. Um, yeah, just just happy to sign the winger. To be honest, um, <laughs> I don't, have, don't. Fantastic insight here at Pep I mean, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't have the foggiest as to who he is, um, but I'm obviously hoping that he'll be a success. I think, given the success of Robbie's previous wingers, the first season, um, mm-hmm. Nicholson, Walker, and King were all kind of chipping in with assist goals so I'm encouraged to see what Roberts can do there's obviously still the kind of transfer talk lingering with Elliot Freer so I don't think we can be writing anybody off 
certainly before they've even made an appearance, which is an enormous bugbear of mine. Um, mm-hmm. Every football fan does it. Every single fan does it, where a player will come in, they'll obviously go to games home and away, and you kind of feel as though you've got that right to a, an opinion, regardless. Um, and it's either, it's, it seems to be a kind of five to ten game period where it's either make or break and it's very difficult after that to kind of change folks minds so we'll see I mean um, time will tell let's let's be frank time will tell it's going to be interesting um, the main takeaway I had I watched this Hearts TV interview and it, it really struck me that Anne sold them the club it was he kept mentioning how yes he had the conversation with Robbie he had the stadium tour but it was really Anne Budge that sold him that which is a fantastic sign really that even just Anne Budge can bring in players it isn't just the appeal of the club or Robbie or the playing staff or the stadium or the fan base it's that there's at every level we clearly have some form of attraction which is great to see um, he also explained in that interview that he actually nearly signed for us two years ago. Uh, under Levine however Ipswich came in offered him a fantastic deal that he couldn't turn down and fair play to him Uh, but he said that that initial tour really really cemented him in terms of him wanting to play for us which is always great when you hear that a player actually wants to play for you Um, and he said all the right things like hearts shouldn't be down here we need to get them back up but as you said time will tell I like the sound of him and then you've actually made a fantastic segue here because speaking about players that fans just write off immediately without even discussing we move on to the second signing in terms of goalkeepers that we've made it is on loan until january liam stewart from livingston what are your thoughts is it not ross stewart it is ross stewart this is the thing i keep doing this because there's there's liam stewart and there's ross stewart because ross stewart everybody heard ross stewart was coming in and thought it was, it was like, the Ross County striker. It's the Ross County striker. <laughs> yeah. What? You can add me to that list. Um, yeah, I mean, let's be frank. It's not. It's not a. The the signing of a third choice goalkeeper is never something to get excited about, is it? Really? I mean, look at. You need to look at like Joe Hart this summer was supposedly linked with a move to Celtic because they weren't going to go in for Fraser Forster, but now he's looks like he's going to get a deal at Tottenham. So, mm-hmm. I mean. That if that doesn't sum up a third choice goalkeeper transfer, I don't know what does. So it's obviously only on loan till January. I'm assuming that's just to cover Harry Stone's injury. Well, this is the thing, and that's what I wanted to touch on: the hysteria that fell from some uh, of our fan base that when we announced Stuart, it was like it was as if we'd signed him on a four year deal. It's like. It's been very public knowledge that the young up-and-coming goalkeeper has had to have minor surgery and will be out until roughly January. Robbie still wants to have three goalies in case there's a freak incident where Craig and Bobby are both hurt. I don't think he'll get much game time, to be honest. But if he does, I'll hold my hands up. I've literally never seen him play. He might be great. He might be rubbish. But I just didn't like this assumption that this is the level of player we're looking to sign going forward. Definitely, definitely, and, and and I mean, like you say, he's not he's not gonna get a lot of game time if everybody's fit. I mean, the the clips that were shown of previous training, 
he actually looked all right. I thought he looked mm-hmm. pretty reasonable, but Livingston obviously signed that Robbie McCrory from Rangers, so he's not first choice there. I think that's what the kind of hysteria was all about. It's as though Hart should be looking at Livingston third choice players, and that's absolutely not the case. It is literally just to cover this injury. I don't know why everybody's getting their knickers in a twist. It's a third choice goalkeeper. Like, what does it matter? I've just realised we forgot another out. Yeah, I, th- I think I know what you were going to say. So, in regards to third it. choice goalkeepers, Colin Doyle has left to go to Kilmarnock for a season in what has to be the weirdest transfer so far. If you just said to me that Kelly would snap up Colin Doyle and Clevid Di Camona, <laughs> I'd have thought that you were on crack. Try to recreate the Ollie Lee Derby. <laughs> I mean, that's just that is a totally bizarre signing. I can only assume, and this this is this makes perfect business sense. I can only assume that it's just a case of getting a higher wage out, bringing a lower in <clears throat> for essentially somebody that's going to get as much game time as Doyle got and that's not a lot it makes perfect business sense and hopefully the wages can go elsewhere so everybody just needs to settle down just relax absolutely fully agree with you and we will now move into players that we're potentially signing with the one that's most concrete is that we've heard that as you mentioned earlier Elliot Freer has been offered a deal he's went back home to I think Exeter I think that's where he's from, and I think that's where he's back down. That wouldn't have happened if training hadn't stopped, but it has done. He's been offered a contract reportedly. On the surface of it, would you be happy with that? Again, I know we've literally just spoken about the fact that we don't really know much about it, but he's an apparently fast winger. Great. Fantastic. Just just what we need. So, sign him up, two-year deal, gets promoted, maybe win yourself an extra couple of years. Thanks. Right, well, there's one person we need to speak about now who seems to just be linked with us every single transfer window. Oh, I and I right, know, I think I know what's coming here. I think I know what's right. coming here. Ah, good wordplay again. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I definitely know what's coming here. <laughs> um. I would like to preface this by saying that reputable journalists Ross Pilcher and Craig Fowler are saying it's not happening in terms of that Hearts have not made any point of contact. However, the individual in question wants to return to his boyhood club. That is a quote from journalists. However, we'll still talk about it because it's a Hearts podcast and we're in a transfer window and apparently this needs to happen every transfer window. Adam, what is your take on Jason Cummins coming to Hearts? I'm just intrigued to see these jokers that are making the rumours. Um, <laughs> I know! Where did they come from? Every transfer window. This latest one's supposedly kicked back, so that tells you everything you need to know. Um, yeah. I, I can't lie. I know he's former Hibs, but I absolutely love Jason Cummins. I just think that, he's a, Can I just say, uh-huh. that does not surprise me in the slightest. Why is that? Go he on. is the most Adam Kennedy player of all time. How, how so? What do you mean? Because he's a shit house. <laughs> That's it. He's just a shit house, And you love that. 
<laughs> That's all you need. He's a to- it doesn't matter what the quality is in the park. If they're a shithouse, you love them. He is a total weapon. He's a screwball. He's a hero. Um, you can't call him a hero yet. He's no played for us. No, I, no, I, I love him. I really do. Even, even when I was watching him for Shrewsbury against, uh, let's face it, it was Liverpool B. But his interview after the game with um, yeah. Ian Abrahams off Talksport, I thought was brilliant. When he was on about obviously the replay, potentially mm-hmm. playing at Anfield, and he's like, "No, I've played in an old firm. That's much bigger than a replay at Anfield." I absolutely love that. Um, it's it just seems a total character. But on the park, say what you like. At this level, he will bang. Simple as he'll get us goals. I know there was there was talk of this. Obviously, you've touched on it in loads of previous transfer windows, and. He's good mates with Lee McGregor, who, by the way, if you're listening, we still want to get you on the show, Lee. Um, oh, yeah, we still need to get that sorted. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he seemed to kind of put out that advert to sign Jason Cummings on Twitter a while back, if if my memory serves me. Um, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd honestly be delighted if we signed Jason Cummings. I feel as though his career needs to get back on track, we need to get back on track, why can two, in this case, wrongs? Because he obviously has former hibs. Why can these two wrongs not make a right? I don't. I don't see any real cons. I mean, I'd imagine that he might ask for a a substantial wage, but we've just cleared that with Washington, and obviously Uche as well off the bill now. In desperate need of a striker, like I say, he'll bang in the second tier. It's if and when we gain promotion what happens then um, because let's face it his, his move to Forest did come too soon and then he's had spells obviously he's now at Shrewsbury but I think there was Luton and um, Peterborough wasn't it mm-hmm. um, so uh, yeah uh, honestly I I would absolutely love the shit housery if we signed Jason Cummings and the seethe from the lock end rats what's your thoughts well, as you said, very, very prolific at this level. Three seasons in the championship, 70 goals. Um, on average, works out at 23 goals a season. Um, for me, I always say, if a player is going to come to us that has been at Hibs, you need to be one of two things. You need to hit the ground running immediately. Which is the same at any club. If somebody left us and went to Hibs, they'd need to hit the ground running as well. Um, or there is an aspect of boyhood club, and I hate what I hate is when fans go, "Oh well, they know what it means to play for the club, so therefore they should be playing." Like I remember there was, I love him to death, obviously, and I miss him every day. But I remember Patterson had a wee dip in form, in the kind of. I can't even remember. It was like the second last season that he was at us. Was it the Cathro era? It may have been the Cathro era, yeah. He had a wee dip in form. And there was some people going, he should maybe step out for a couple of games just to, even just to help his confidence. Just step out for a couple of games, then come back in renewed. And I think actually that is what ended up happening. And then he kicked on again. But so many people went, no, shouldn't he be? He should never be dropping the team. He kens the club. He's a hearts boy and stuff like that. And I'd, I personally don't like that attitude because I feel it stifles pr- progress. It stifles creativity. 
and stuff like that and individuals that potentially would never have played for us before have got to that position because they made they replaced people who would normally be undroppable and stuff like that but i totally understand the appeal of jason cummings at this level my issue would be next yeah because i'm not trying to discount his ability because i still think he'll score goals in the top flight but i don't think he'll score near as many goals as we need him to if as you hinted he's on a certain level of money because what this season is and i know other clubs will hate us for this but it's the fact we are not building a team for this division we are looking forward to next season where we are expecting ourselves to be in the top flight and as a result you need to think well will every single team well every single player sorry that we sign be able to do a job next season with individuals on two-year deals such as roberts coming in it's not as big of a worry really because if he does well this season that's kind of enough for me because if he doesn't do well next season but we're in the top flight well you go ah well half your time at Hodge did really well for us and got us up the other half didn't work out as well but then you can move them on it's that if you have to offer a certain contract length on a certain wage and they can't maintain it that's when you start going was this worth it now i know there's a lot a lot of this works better in hindsight because if we play next season with say we sign jason cummins right if we play next season one of two things will happen either we'll absolutely storm the league and cummings will do great I've just realised one of two things. One of three things will happen. Either we'll storm the league and Cummins will be a major part of that. We'll storm the league and Cummins won't be a major part of that or we don't win the league and Cummins is a part of that in that sense. In hindsight, you would go, if we do win the league and Cummings scores 23 goals, you would go, well, he is a great signing. It doesn't matter what he does next season. And then if he has an average season, you can go, well, that's fine. But if he is a part of this team that comes in and say Boyce gets 23-25 goals and Cummins doesn't get that many and then you're moving up to next season, you go, I don't know if this is worth it. Now, I'm really not trying to say not sign it because I won't lie, I would be delighted with it if he signed. I will just be honest, I will say this, I would be delighted if he signed. I wouldn't, however, be as just euphoric as I think some people would be but I do understand why they would be. For me, it's the weirdest signing because I don't really know how I'd feel until it happens, which I know doesn't help when I'm one host of a football podcast. Listen, I, I think it's understandable. I mean, you, you've touched on it there. The, the some people is probably me. I think you're, you're bang on what you said with the two-year deals because I think I'm right in saying in that obviously once the, that first year's gone and they've got a year left on their deal, Clubs can come in in January, so they might even pay a fee. Mm-hmm. If they're if they're looking at somebody on a Bosman, then they offer the contract in January and they're away in the May. But they might even offer a fee to try and get them early, even if it's just a little thing. Then again, profits profit because we are bringing these players in on free transfers. As for the come dog, I think it's it's funny because in previous pods I've spoken about how. As a club, we stop prolific strikers scoring. 
this this is one I would certainly not like to happen. <laughs> I, I would love for Jason Cummings to come in, set the championship alight. I get your concerns around the top tier, and to be honest, it's funny how it's funny how things change. I've got to be honest. I'll hold my hands up here because when Forrest came in for Cummings, I'd seen it as a a bit of a gamble given he'd had no real top tier exploits um, but then when I look at it I just think goal scorers are goal scorers and Jason Cummings for as daft as he is and the numpty that he is he's an intelligent footballer and I think Hibs have made no shortage of producing great strikers I'm, I never give them credit but I will in this instance they've always had a decent striker and he'll have learnt from a great, you know, plethora of centre forwards in his in his time. I just I don't see many negatives other than his potential wage and what happens when we get to the top tier. Other than that, I just I can't see any kind of flaws. Uh, Listen, maybe I'm being too pessimistic and I totally understand it if some fans go you're being too arrogant just expecting you to walk this league because there is an element of me going I don't even really care what happens next season I just care about us walking this league and to be blunt Jason Cummins would help us do that so there is a part of me that's going who cares if he doesn't do well in the top flight because he'd do well in this division there's some players for that championship season who you would, uh, the last championship season, sorry, who you'd go, yeah, they didn't do much in the top flight, but I don't remember that. I remember that championship season and how great they were in that. So I'm not I'm not really bothered. I'm in such two minds about it because I, I totally agree with you that he would be great, but there's something in the back of my mind that's going, nah. But then I don't know. But then to just counteract my own point, I was saying last week, if Uchi leaves, we're going to need to get another striker. Well, Uchi now yeah. has left. Yeah. And we've only got three now. And one of them's Craig Whiten. So we've only really got two. Wow. <laughs> wow. You've just written off that Arbroath spell completely. I have. I forgot they were in this league. In fairness, we were speaking about this on WhatsApp. I completely forgot Arbroath were at this level See, last this, season. This is the difference. You you look to frame me at any available opportunity, but I left that out. I thought I'll be kind, I'll be that nice guy. I should have chucked that in there. I can't believe that you disrespect the lefties like that. You're a disgrace. Listen, I love our growth. Right? I love them. I love them to pieces. I'd quite like, for some reason, I'd quite like Craig Whiten. Maybe it's because he's been so rubbish, I just feel myself I feel I'm on a similar football level as him. Maybe that's what it is, but I hope he just comes into this division and absolutely tears it up. But the worry is that he doesn't, that he doesn't, and then Naismith gets hurt and or Boyce, yeah, and or Boyce, and you're left with either one of them or just Whiten. If Cummings comes into that team, he would score goals regardless who he's surrounded by. So maybe I'm just being an idiot. No. I, I understand your scepticism. I, I don't think you'll be the only one that is sceptical. Um, I just... I'm just failing to see faults. Maybe it's just my my blinded optimism. Um, 
Because Hearts, I'm going to be frank, Hearts are the only thing I've ever been optimistic with. <laughs> and look where that's got me. So, I don't know. Maybe I just need to settle down. But I, I firmly believe that he would be a great signing. Even... I obviously would want him to bang top tier as well, but he'll de- he'd definitely get us out of this league, mate. No question. And you, you agree with me there. It's, it's as you say, the scepticism creeps in because what happens once we get back to the Premiership? And it would it would be interesting. And I tell you, if we did sign Jason Cummings, that, it, that would be, without doubt, the transfer story of the Scottish summer for me because I don't see anything else really that's all that noteworthy well that's not how we expected to end the podcast i'll be totally honest (laughs) but this is the first time ever we've basically hit a clean hour is that right yeah basically yeah decent look at us fantastic so if you have enjoyed this Thank you very much. Please share it about with as many people as you can, even if they're no Hearts fans, just to let other people listen. We don't mind. You can get us at Perth to Paisley, or if you want to email in, it's Perth to Paisley at gmail.com. Again, remember, either tweet us on our personals or the official podcast account, or email us questions for Andy Driver, as that will be recorded at some point in the future. Adam, What's your own personal Twitter? I'm at Adam T. Kendall. Feel free to fire me. Any questions, any abuse, whatever you like. Don't be too nasty. Share around the pod and, yeah, happy days. Your your Twitter is? I am at MacIver the Mark. If you want to get any further explanations of what a CEO is, I'm available. <laughs> we hope you have enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> you bastards. We'll see you next week. <laughs>